Moochow. The ghetto. Maddo. Hey guys, welcome back to the Sassy and Safe podcast with your three favorite girls, Teresa, Kosi, and Esther. Three women, different walks of life with one goal, please God. Bringing you conversations where kingdom meets culture. Are they ready? They're not ready. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to your favorite podcast, the Sassy and Safe Pod with your favorite trio, Kosi, Esther, and Teresa. We've been gone a long time. We know. We know we've been gone a long time. But honestly, so much has happened. We just, you know, the world has been on fire. So we <laughs> needed a soft and flames, literally. Like 2020, anything, like if I see if I see a dragon in front of me today, I'll just be like, oh, okay. Like I have nothing shocks me. Yeah. Nothing shocks me anymore in this year. So we needed a break for so many reasons for our mental health, for physical reasons, such as moving for school, for work, for life, for just many reasons, man. Like, so, but we are back and today we are talking about loyalty. The question is, is loyalty the new manipulation? So, first of all, what what do you guys think? Do you guys think just yes or no? Do you guys think loyalty is the new manipulation? Yes. To an extent, coming with the fire. To an extent, huh? To an extent, you know, depending yeah. on how people play it, but yeah. Yeah, I think what what sparked it off was I saw I saw a video by this lady called Myleek, I believe is her name, yeah. and she has mm-hmm. this like Myleek minutes, and she was talking about how she wasn't growing anymore because she was subjecting herself to this so-called loyalty, trying to please people, um, you know, who at the end of the day were not for her growth so she was kind of like stunting her own growth in the name of loyalty and then i think not so long after that t you shared a tweet that this guy had posted about loyalty as well he said you got to understand loyalty isn't just sticking by someone's side it's more than that loyalty is not giving seasonal people yeah the power to feel more important than the people that are going to be in your corner forever because he was talking about like celebrities versus um your actual friends and how we're giving you know celebrities more loyalty and more appreciate appreci- appreciation man being nigerian is hard yeah man. don't really know the <laughs> <of> that. <laughs> appreciation appreciation that's appreciation a, a, appreciation that's a tough yeah. word <laughs> it's such an ugly word appreciation <laughs> ew anyway y'all don't be appreciating your friends but you you have all the praise for celebrities so all of that is just tying to loyalty. And I, I think for me, both of them really, really triggered me. Like, I, 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 was, I was triggered. I was triggered because I was like, listen, I feel like I work way too hard on being like Miss Loyal and Faithful and there for you. And I got your back and anything in the world you need me to do, I'll do for you because I love you. I will give you the shirt off my back, la di da da And you just tell somebody, oh, can you give me a ride? They say, oh, no, I'm tired. Like, ah. So <laughs> I, I, I've experienced a lot of like, um, not betrayal per se, but just like non- um, non compensate. What's the word? Like if you give some reciprocal, 
in English for me today? <laughs> yeah, like non-reciprocated loyalty or non-reciprocated yeah. love. And for me, um, like I'm, I'm typically someone who in the past, I, like I've, I've gone through different, um, different stages of like my evolution and my growth in the, in the sense that in the beginning when I was younger, I would throw all this loyalty out there and they wouldn't reciprocate and I'd be, and I'd like throw it even more. I'd be like, no, love me. Look, I'm faithful. Look, I'm loyal. Like I got you. Right. I got you. Let's be friends. Let's be friends. And then I got a little bit older, still immature, but still like I would throw out all this loyalty and then they would not reciprocate it. And I'd be like, oh, screw you then. Bye. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or like, if it was like, I was like, I'm the queen of the cutoff, the queen of the cutoff. I'll cut you. I'll cut you. Remember when everybody was doing this whole cutoff, cutoff, everything cutoff. Yeah. I think it was like 2018 to 2019. We're doing, we're cutting off all our top. We're cutting, doing cutoff. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now I feel like I'm in a place where, throughout loyalty because I, I don't I don't I don't see myself changing in the way that I treat show people my love like I'm not going to reduce giving love because some people are incapable of giving it back do you know what I mean so mm-hmm. I'm definitely someone that will still love freely as the bible has commanded um so I'm someone who like throw out loyalty see how you accept and reciprocate and now what I do is I kind of I adjust my expectations accordingly so I'm no longer like, oh, I'm going to cut you off or, or chasing you for you to love me. However, mm-hmm. I'm just going to not set myself up for disappointment. Like, okay, you're not someone who's capable of, of, of being, of loving me in this certain way. That's okay. But this is the boundaries that our relationship can get to. Um, mm-hmm. And I think also what, what I'm currently struggling with at this very moment is, um, just this or like what really infuriates me is this idea that when somebody when somebody then sets that boundary when they then say okay this is the limit of my love based off of our relationship based off of what i've given you what you've given me back it's like oh that's betrayal that's not Mm -hmm. loyalty and it's okay well you're you're an abusive manipulative person then damn because (laughs) so you don't want to give me nothing but you still want me to give you everything that I have inside of me like you literally want me to die for you Mm -hmm. while you're there licking lollipop like I don't know (laughs) so that's where I get really upset about and that's what we can start to talk about like is loyalty the new manipulation because a lot of people are demanding like or you know loyal loyal people loyal people loyal people but it's like who are you what is your version of loyalty because i've also seen where if if uh, i'm trying to i'm trying to like give a situation without giving a situation you know that once so (laughs) i think the, the latest thing the latest thing that has happened to me that i'm i'm honestly still recovering from like it really really hit me deep deeper than i thought it would was um you know i in a in a relationship of sorts um and decided that you know um i have to go in a certain direction for my growth <clears throat> which is not favorable for the relationship but it's just it's just the, i just have to go in a certain re- in direction for my growth like i have to change environments or whatever the case um mm-hmm. and the cutoff was like <gasps> like I I have been cut off and it's like oh my god but then it's like 
being portrayed as someone who's like unreliable or someone who like oh I thought you were loyal and it's like I'm not like if you I'm not leaving or uh, how do I word this without I'm I feel like I'm going in circles I'm not like the decision I made was for myself. The, yeah. the, the decision right. I made was for was for my growth, and it had mm-hmm. nothing to do with you. And the fact that me saying I want to grow, you take that as me being disloyal to you means one, you don't care about my growth. Yeah, because exactly. Because if you did, no matter how painful it was, you would support me. And right. two, you're actually you're only loyal to me when I and bringing some form of immediate value to you. Yeah. To you. So that's, that's where right. I'm at. I think, I think just echoing what you said, like, I think that's so important, but I, I think when it comes down to it, like I, you hear these things all the time, like you enter the world alone, you're going to die alone. People have all these sayings and people are, like, you know, they're just like jargon. They're just fun little catchphrases but at the end of the day the facts are the facts you did enter this world alone you're gonna die alone and just like you said the fact that you're seen or an individual is seen as disloyal for choosing themselves shows a problem because you should never be disloyal or people should not have that much to say for you choosing yourself the fact that we are so taught and it's so embedded in us that we must constantly choose others that's why this whole self-care movement is a big thing now because for so many years there wasn't self-care because everybody was busy pleasing others that they forgot to think about themselves and now people have realized that this is draining i'm hurting myself i need therapy i need i have trauma from constantly choosing people from constantly putting others first and putting myself last and the fact that my showing up for me means i'm not showing up for you is a problem like i can choose me while also choosing you and it may not look the way you want me to choose you but i'm still choosing you just not the way you determine it the way i determine it at the end of the day i don't want to be around anyone who sees my growth as competition So if my growth is competition for you in any way, then there's no reason for us to continue in a relationship. Like platonic, romantic, academic, and you going to the nail shop, I don't know any type of relationship (laughs) at all. Whatever type of relationship, even if we're homies, I get notes from you after class. I don't care. If my growth is competition to you, that's it. T has left the chat because it's nonsense. Yeah, no. That's my take. Yeah, no, and even, like, this whole idea of ride or die, it's not only in relationships, but even just with people in general, like, that's something I don't abide to, like, I don't believe in ride or die. I always say I'm not (laughs) ride or die because, like, it sounds stupid, but what are we dying for? Like, (laughs) I'm riding with you at the expense of what? And I feel like a lot of times, like, because I always try to look at both sides of the story, right? But I also feel like a lot of times, um we're left disappointed in when we're being loyal to others because first of all, what do we expect from these people? Like, Kosi, you touched on this, like one of the issues is our expectations when we're doing things for others. But I also think it comes from expecting others to be like us. So it just leaves us with this constant feeling of maybe a little bit even of entitlement that makes mm-hmm. us feel like, oh, because I'm like this or because I'm doing this for this person, this person should be doing this for me, right? So I don't know. Like, I always try to look at both sides of the story. I, 
I believe in, in, I don't know if it's the last born thing, but I, I'm not a ride or die. Like, I will <laughs> not do anything for you that's just gonna be at the expense of myself. Like, I cannot do that. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not perceived well. It seems like, oh, you're not, you're not loyal. You're, you're not, you're not here for me when I need you, but I need to be here for myself. And that's like the most important part of all of this. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's, my take. I'm just echoing off of that. I feel like because of this whole narrative of loyalty, loyalty, ride or die, riding to the wheels fall off, that nonsense, all of that, like people become loyal to a fault, blind mm-hmm. loyalty, that you're so much chasing loyalty that you're failing to see like red flags and, and indications that you should actually stop. And if we're going to put, because this is a Christian podcast, if we're going to put our faith into it, it's understanding that God calls you to people and two places for a season. And if that season is up, he may want you to leave. Like if he's calling you here all the time, uh, people come into your life for a season, a reason, or a lesson. But it's, liter- it's literally, or a season, a reason, or a lifetime, or whatever the, the phrase is. But like there is a period of time. Everything that God does is time specific. So if the season of your life to be, to walk with someone or to be in a certain location is up, you are literally working against the move of God. You are actually regressing. You're not no longer surrendering to what God wants to do in your life because you're being loyal. Does that make sense? on On the other end of that, this whole, like, honestly, I'm so, uh, dear Lord, I have no more energy for uh, church culture. Mm, straight up, I don't, <laughs> none, none. I get, I have, I have none. And especially like, <laughs> yeah, like, hello, how many times will I say it? Because especially in this whole quarantine thing where church has been online, oh, the best. <laughs> listen, you can listen to six words a day. And you don't need to do play politics, okay? I don't need, I don't, we don't need to play politics. Like, we, you just go, you listen to the word, and then you pray, and you continue listening to the word. Like, there's no, like, this whole thing of, it's so weird to me how, like, if it literally, like, it sends shivers down my spine, how, like, there were people that I was friends with, that I went to church with, and, like, that follow me on social media that will say hi to me on the street, but literally for the fact that like I no longer go to that church are no longer actively talking to me. It's very like, okay. Like I don't like the politics of, of like that's, that's another, like the, the extreme end of the loyalty is like, oh, you betrayed the clan. And it's like, you, I have, we're, we're one body, eh? Like yeah. I don't, we are, we're one body. Like if I, if I went from church and then I said, eh, I'm atheist now, like that's a, that is, that's a prayer point. Me going from one church to another church is growth. I don't know. Like, I don't, it's thank God that I'm still yeah. in the faith, still searching for the word. And we have to understand like, there's, and, and it's, it's not even to say like, Oh, church is like this or like that, or however the case, it's just, every every single person has a different path in their lives and sometimes yeah. you you listen you can you can be having the best 
time where you are. Mm-hmm. You can have everything lined up for you. You everything mm-hmm. works smoothly, and God will be like, "That's great. Now leave." Mm-hmm. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like it's not always something political. It's not always the right. word wasn't like this, right. or the worship was right. like that, or however the case. Right. Because listen, as we've seen, you can listen to the word online. <laughs> like you don't need. Mm-hmm. Like, but sometimes whatever gift that God has placed inside of you is needed elsewhere. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I may not even know that when God is telling me to leave that place, I may not understand Mm -hmm. why on earth I'm leaving. So even explaining why I'm leaving will seem trivial or it will seem petty, Mm -hmm. especially when, of course, as human beings, you interact with each other. There's always some mess happening. So let's say, oh, me and Teresa argued next week. I'm leaving the church. Oh, Kosi leaving the church because her and Teresa argued. No, bro. Mm-hmm. Like and, and 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 the more you try and say like that's not why it's the more it's like mm, that's why that's like, why I'm growing like God is like when it, especially when it comes to things of the faith <laughs> you're dying funny <laughs> <laughs> bro that's my life now <laughs> no I know I know literally I get that. yeah <laughs> but especially when we're talking about things of the faith like we have to be so much more sensitive and so much more kind and enlightened to the fact that Mm -hmm. even if somebody is leaving for a petty reason like maybe they just emotionally can no longer handle whatever is going on in their current circumstances for them to even listen to the word anymore like i shouldn't Mm -hmm. be coming to church and just be crying because i feel like i'm being bullied and i can't even hear what the pastor said like like bro go somewhere else like the word is the word (laughs) you know what i mean like but also it's not always that black and white like sometimes literally God will tell you to move. Sometimes you just mm-hmm. feel like, sometimes it's not even God. Sometimes you will just feel like I, I'm done. Like sometimes it's just yeah. that obvious that like, there's no, like I've, I've hit a cap. I've hit a cap here. I don't know what it is or why, but I've hit a cap and I know that I have to go and search for something else. And that it's like, it's like, if it's like leave, it's like if someone is searching for promotion in a company, you're not going to be like, well, I mean, unless you're a witch, <laughs> then you're like, why like, oh, are you looking for what more do you need? But when you say I'm moving from this church to that church, what more do you need? What are you looking for in the other church? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's a relationship. Maybe there's a relationship inside of there that's going to connect me to something else that's going to connect me to my purpose. Like, please yeah. stop yeah. me down because you feel like I got to be loyal to you. It's not yeah. about you. Like, exactly. It's not about you. I it's love so- this conversation. I love it. I love this conversation because, <laughs> like, even if you think of the context of church, what it is, what it does, first of all, the church belongs to God, period. I don't care period. who the pastor is. Period. I don't care if he started That's the church. That's in, the tweet. In his, That's the tweet. On his street, in his living room, in his basement. We don't care. Wherever the church was started, who was started by, who was passed down, we don't care. The church belongs to God. The people that he brings are for a season. He brings people and he takes them away. That's foundational. That's at the basic level. The church belongs to God. And when you have that kingdom mindset and remember that the church belongs to God, it means that every time he brings someone to a church, it's for a purpose. So maybe for this season, God's church, this particular church needs a boost in its media. God wants the church to to go places or wants the church to expand through media or expand through music so he will bring some very talented believers in media and music to the church 
and they will work in the music and ministry team and it will fulfill and they will fulfill what God wanted to happen in that season. And then when the church has reached a certain level in music and media, God will look at one of his other corporations. If we're thinking of God as a businessman, he has all these different businesses. He has different, he has one business. So say, say God is the owner of Walmart. He has Walmarts all over the world. So this Walmart, this church, needs music and ministry and all that. So he brought people, employees, from one branch to another to grow that department, the music department, to grow the media department. And now the numbers in the media department and the music departments are looking well. And God is looking at his branch maybe two blocks down that, hey, you know, that Walmart branch needs music. Well, hey, I had this employee that I sent over here and they were able to build up the music ministry. So why don't I send them over there? And God will now transfer his employee to a different branch to do the same thing. But for some reason, the people at the original Walmart will now be mad when the person wasn't yours to begin with. It does not make sense. What Cole said, like that, first of all, God, don't underestimate what God is doing, first of all, through an individual's life. And don't underestimate, secondly, what God is doing on a corporate level. When God is moving someone, first of all, we sit back and we don't even think who, who God is. Like God is in charge of everything. So if God is moving an individual from one place to another, that means that somebody's up next. And that's one point of it. So like, if you're at work and you get a promotion, somebody takes your position, right? So if somebody is praying for their next level and they're praying for God to elevate them, he needs to move the person that's currently there so that that person's prayer can be answered, yeah. period. So if that is not happening, that next person won't grow. So the fact that you would feel like you need to stay in a position, you're actually stifling the move of God because God is trying to promote other people. And the fact that the people around want to keep a person in a position just for the purpose of loyalty, do you not see that you're actively stopping other people's growth? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, I don't, anyways. Yeah, but where do you guys think this is coming from? Because, I mean, why do we expect that from people? Is it a community thing, especially in terms of like the church? Like, why? Like, because if it's just the body of Christ, then I don't like you so beautifully explained like it shouldn't be this way what's the root of like this issue like in your opinion like selfishness from the church or as a community human beings <laughs> like, do we observe that in every church do we observe that in every community do we like is it oh i mean it, it it's also based off of the culture That's I mean, the it's thing. Also, yeah yeah it's also based off of the culture and what is allowed like i um, we literally have pastors that we, um, we listen to. We're not their official sheep or anything, but like one of our, one of our favorite, like kind of like Chris, one of Chris's major mentors, he's, his big thing. And Chris is not a member of his church, mind you. His big thing is my job here, oh, Chris says it so well. I don't really know what the quote is, but it's basically like my job here is to help you fulfill God's purpose in your life, like to help you grow. That's mm-hmm. it. So he's not looking for members. He's not looking for 
and he's he's opening a church in Canada, so he has every reason to be like, oh hey, Chris, Kosi, can you guys like mm, we're not going anywhere still, like <laughs> like so because because that's that is not in our assignment in the season, you know what I mean? But yeah, and neither does he, neither has he also received that that is what we're supposed to be like there's no you know what i mean like it's just pure like i'm gonna teach you the word so you understand it in 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 the way that it's meant to be taught and not have Mm -hmm. some warped idea about the gospel which is the entire point of everything that we're supposed to do you know like remove the lights and the music and the sound and the outfits and the, and the layup and the decorations. Like the entire point of it is fellowship, but also most importantly, um, uh, how do I say this? Like transferring the word of God, like, like tell, retelling the stories as the way that it was told in the times of Jesus. And, and that's literally why we have it written in a book so that we don't, because you know how you'd be telling the story that your mother told you and you come and switch it a little bit? Like, so, like, we're supposed to tell the story of Jesus Christ as it was told back in the day. And that is the point because there's so many lies about Jesus Christ. There's so many lies about God. There's so many lies. And we lose focus. Like, my guy, really? Like, oh, oh I can't, don't even get me started. Like, we lose focus on literally the point of church and literally the point of the Bible. And we start talking about all these ways that God wants to use you and you now become the hero of the story. <laughs> like, it's uh-huh. like you, but you, you have such a great calling. You, you, uh-huh. you're so anointed. You, you, uh-huh. oh, look, the music, you. And it's like, do you think, do you really think that God in heaven, God in heaven cares that you can play the piano? Like, like God in heaven, God, in, like, deep it and i and i and i don't want to get all theological because la 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 but you know what we are going there because it's a christian podcast listen mm-hmm. the one of the passages that we i've really been we've really been studying chris and i is the one about um look at me saying the one about i should know where it is you know this is embarrassing but the the one about when the he sent out the 72 and they came back and they were so excited like oh my god jesus like even demons were like you know doing all this stuff in our name in your name First of all, I was like, pause. Jesus hadn't even died yet. His name was powerful then. Uh-huh. That's one. Like the uh-huh. whole of the conversation. But also like they were so excited about that. And Jesus was like, don't be, don't be excited that demons can answer to your name. Mm-hmm. But uh-huh. be excited instead. Like have joy that your name is written in the book of life. And then it said like Jesus had so much joy I didn't even, like, until I read that scripture, as insane as it sounds, yeah, I never imagined Jesus with joy in my life. I don't know why. I just always thought, like, this man was just serious going around, either yelling at his disciples or healing the sick. Like, I didn't imagine, I didn't imagine him, like, having joy. Like, your name is written in the book of life. That is what brings Jesus joy. But no, you, you are thinking that it's your anointing that is bringing, like, he literally anointed them and sent them out, and they came back, and he said, I know that you did the thing I asked you to do that's good. But even the thing that I asked you to do, don't be celebrating in that. Be celebrating in that the fact that your name is written in the book of life, that my father in heaven knows your name. Like be, that's what you should celebrate. Can you imagine Mm -hmm. it? So uh, we're losing focus. We're losing so much focus. Mm -hmm. Like the point of it is that we know who Jesus was, what he did, why he did it for us. 
and we pass on those stories purely. We don't adulterate it. We don't make it seem like, oh, God wants us to be so great or God, God wants mm-hmm. us to do. Like those are, those are benefits that come with being a child of God. Like those are not even things to think about. Like that, that's just a given. You know what I mean? Like it's just a given. Like it, it's like, oh, my mom is a chef. I eat nice food. But that's just a, it's a, it's a, it's a perp. What, what am I trying to say? Uh, it's a what? It's a perk. Uh, the English, perk. the English today. Mm-hmm. The English. <laughs> it's a perk. It's it's part of the perks of of having the name of Jesus, right? But the mm-hmm. entire point of it, the entire point of us going to church, is literally so that our names are written in the book of life. So if you <laughs> if you're if you're being upset that someone is not singing or they're not doing this or they did that did, 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 did. it's like first and foremost is my name written in the book of life mm-hmm. then yeah. we can talk about all this other stuff and if my name is not written in the book of life and in my quest to make sure that it is i have to leave this environment and go to another one where they can hammer me differently you get upset Ma- ladies and gentlemen my brethren check it you might be a witch <laughs> <laughs> Check it. There you go. You know, I tweeted today. I tweeted today that the entitlement that we have in the body of Christ is actually mad. Mm -hmm. And I think that just what it comes down to, like, like you're saying, like it's entitlement. You're entitled because why do you see yourself as that important in the first place? You really have to sit back and deep it. Like what makes you that important so that somebody should alter their life. Somebody should halt their life. Somebody should, should put themselves second to put you first. What have you actually done? Like, like deep it though. Like, I know it sounds like ridiculous, but deep it though. Like, what have you actually done that merits you the power and merits you the right to determine how somebody should live their lives to accommodate you? Deep it. Deep it. And that's how so many people walk around and think. And that's the part that I don't understand. And it's just basically everything that you said is so good. That's why it's so important. Like, is your name written in the book of life? So literally, the fact that them staying in a certain location, be it church, be it work, be it school, being in a relationship, being in a friendship, them staying in that is actually killing them to the point where their name is actually not written in the book of life or they're not fulfilling what God wants them to fulfill just because they're with you, but still they should not be because of you. Then you don't care about the person. You actively don't care about the person. You actively, and that's the entitlement and the selfish culture that has come about. Like the body of Christ is so selfish and that kingdom mindset, the kingdom mindset that, that we ought to have is gone. Because when you think kingdom, you realize it's not about you. You put yourself second and put everything kingdom first. You think about the kingdom first. You think about the person's life first. You think about the kingdom of God first. That the point is for heaven to come down to earth, on earth as it is in heaven. And anything that is stopping that, you work to actively stop. Mm -hmm. So, like, it's, it's sickening. It's literally sickening to think that. And I use this term zombie. Because there's so many zombies in the body of Christ right now. There's so many dead men walking. Like they're literally spiritually dead and they're walking and they're going to church and they're serving in church and they're holding titles and they're holding positions and they're doing things. And it looks like, oh, wow, this person is super plugged. They go to church 
seven days a week, more than the regular person. They have a position, they have pastor in front of their name, but they're literally a zombie, a dead man walking because they're spiritually dead simply because of loyalty. Mm-hmm. That's so scary. Yeah. My therapist says something. She said, in life, you need to make decisions from the position of preserving yourself. Mm-hmm. Every decision you make needs to be preserving yourself because at the point where you lose yourself to make something work, that it's something wrong. Like self-care is the point where you realize that something isn't working and then you pull the brakes on it. Mm-hmm. So the point where you have to lose yourself to preserve a relationship, to preserve a union, to preserve a job, to pre- well, the point where you literally have to lose yourself for the sake of preserving something Mm-hmm. then something is wrong. So if you are in a job that you hate absolutely and you're losing yourself, it's indication to leave. If you are in a church where you're losing yourself and that's not losing yourself, like you stop sinning because that's a good thing. Nasty. Like if you stop sinning, praise God. But if you're losing <laughs> yourself, like Why you're... you sinners <laughs> nasties? <laughs> no, because I know some people, people like to make excuses. Today, people are making excuses for watching porn, is it not? So people oh, will make right. excuses. <sighs> that, that is not, that if you're, if you've in the church and you're losing your sinful nature, praise God. But if you're in the church and you're losing yourself, like your personality, you feel like you're down, you feel like you're drained, burnt out, something is wrong. Same way, if you're in a relationship, you feel like it's not being reciprocated, you're pushing, pushing, you're doing a lot more than you need to, overworking, something is wrong. So all this blind loyalty and, a, and, a, and to, to the fault that we lose ourselves just being loyal to people, something is wrong. Yeah. Let me try to think out loud here because I feel like on one end we have this whole we're in this culture of self, self, self. It's all about me. It's my self-care. It's my this. It's my this. It's me, 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 me. And at the same time, we're speaking about, like, the danger of modern loyalty. But I think if we're saying that um, we can't be, like, it goes back to, like, this self-centered nature of saying, like, oh, yeah, we can't be loyal to these people because I have to take care of myself. But I think that in the midst of it all, maybe we're just losing sight of Christ and what we do, especially as like faith-based people. Cause I think we've spoke about this on, on our podcast so many times about how like a lot of people on Twitter, a lot of people on Instagram, it's all about, yeah, I'm not taking anything from anyone. Peace out. Like if you do something, I'm leaving you, whatever, whatever. But when it comes to like us as being like believers and we find ourselves in these situations, maybe the best thing is not always to be like, I don't know, maybe there's something about like a mindset shift because it's not necessarily about being like bun people and I'm just going to do me and I don't have time for you. But maybe it's just about um, understanding a concept of um, service and how like we relate to others and how like we do things. So I, the Bible says to love ourselves as we love our neighbors, right? But if we're not able to love our neighbors as well, because you don't love yourself, that's one thing. But if you're not able to love your neighbor, if you find yourself in a church, for example, like T was saying, where you're not even able to perform anymore, you're not able to, you, you don't feel like yourself, you don't feel happy, you don't, you're losing like yourself basically then why exactly are you sitting there if you're not even able to offer 
yourself to serve others if you're not even able to do that if you're just functioning out of a place that is not of love like why are you there Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. I don't know for me it's just very touchy because we are in this space where it's very like our culture is just so like self-centered it's so about us like we don't care about people right and on one end it can be good because yes we're building ourselves and we're doing what we have to do to grow and all of that we're not taking stuff for anybody nobody's going to stop our growth but at the same time we're losing sight of others so it's just a matter of like finding the balance i don't know if i'm making sense but yeah that's kind of like where my brain is going mm-hmm. yeah i get what you're, you're saying making, i get you're what making, you're saying makes sense yeah i think i think just like echoing what you're saying the greatest gift you can give someone is yourself like at the end of the day what everybody is looking for is authentic relationship the reason why we are put on earth the reason why we even go to church part of the reason is for relationship like Mm -hmm. not forsaking the gathering of the saints like Co said quarantine has shown us you can read the word at home you can have a spiritual life at home you can watch the word online so you actually don't need to physically go to church to get the word of god so that clearly must not be the reason why we're there the reason why we're there is for god to to prune us and to grow us and to mold us into who we're called to be through interaction with other people god does everything he needs to do through relationship like it's through relationship quotes can attest to the fact that since she got married she's changed a whole much from since she was single because chris has you know molded her in a different way even us as friends like you don't even have to be married but even us as friends we mold each other in different ways all the time because relationship is how god grows you he's not going to come and be like hey change like you know like he's it's going to be through relationship and situations and so in understanding that you're understanding that the best gift you can give someone is yourself when you have a friendship a friendship that really works is when two people are a hundred percent vulnerable a hundred percent transparent a relationship that works the ones that work the best are what when you start as friends best friends because you're a hundred percent vulnerable, a hundred percent transparent. So like Esther was saying, the best gift you can give someone is yourself. So at the point where you're compromising yourself, you're no longer giving your best gift. You're no longer giving your best. You're giving your half best or a modified version of you just to make something work Mm -hmm. is a good indication that it's no longer for you. Like, do you get what we're trying to say? Yeah. Yeah. I, I completely agree what you're saying T and even to pe- piggyback off of that is like I, I think I was saying in the beginning like my journey through relationships and loyalty is now I have a balance where I I am no longer doing hard cutoffs unless um, you're actually like damaging me um, I'm not mm-hmm. no longer doing that what I'm now doing is kind of reciprocating like i i'm 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 putting boundaries in the relationship as much as the other person will allow if that makes sense like i mm-hmm. have bound like even you t like we we've, we've fallen out before where we didn't talk for a long mm-hmm. time like and mm-hmm. now we we've rekindled our friendship and we both want it do you know what i mean mm-hmm. so it's a thing of like I'm I'm willing as how far you're ready to go I'm ready to go yes, <laughs> like you know, you know what yeah. I mean yeah so and I think that that is the balance is that it's not about mm-hmm. blind loyalty and it's not about being selfish and cutting everybody off mm-hmm. it's finding that yeah. balance where it's like I'm willing to give you as much as you are willing to give me because anything yeah. else kind of puts 
me in danger of either losing myself or yeah yeah of literally of losing yeah. myself right of losing yourself of yeah losing and yourself, I think yeah. that's like for me that hits home because I now I'm coming from a place where I realize that how much I've lost myself and how much I've been blindly loyal in so many situations situations and there's situations where I had to literally dim my light so that others could shine brighter or I would have to lose myself, like literally act out of who I am or change who I am for the preservation of a relationship or for the preservation of a friendship. Mm -hmm. So then, like I previously said, I'm not giving you everything I could give you. If God called me into your life for my gifts and your gifts, for my experience and your experience, for my talents and your talents to mesh and create something beautiful, mm -hmm. and I'm dimming mine for the preservation of this, then obviously the season is up. So I think just like Kosi is saying, like going past that, like even the point where you're saying, like I'm only giving as much as you're giving, very important, but also like just keeping in mind, I need to preserve myself, the place where you have to, where the place where you are no longer yourself, is a red flag and what I've been doing is asking myself in every relationship I have whether it's with my friends whether it's with a, a, a like platonic romantic work am I being myself and if I'm not being myself then I need to pull pull the brakes and reevaluate like why am I not being myself what is stopping me from being myself and that will really help you understand am I literally being loyal to a fault and am I not choosing myself because of loyalty or is it another situation? Yeah. There's a lot of performative action. Like we're literally taught mm -hmm. how to be performative. Like social media is, is the, is just the creator of performative action. Like I literally saw on Twitter the other day, normalized divorce. I said, I'm not, this app is not for me. I cannot, <laughs> this is, the, I cannot, this app is not for me. Normalize who? Are you dumb? Like there's a lot <laughs> of performative action. Like people, we are so used to portraying what we want people to see mm -hmm. that we literally people, you guys, I want you to deep because I am, okay. I need to finish one sentence. Okay. <laughs> I, my brain is moving faster than my mouth is right now. I, love doing research like truly and honestly i'm a researcher at heart i love doing research so in anything that i i think that maybe i want to dip my foot in i will research for hours on end and on researching social media because obviously so you can use social media to build things and and blah blah, blah. you can use it to your advantage on researching social media i'm realizing oh people are going out to eat to get pictures mm -hmm. like it's not like do you know what I'm saying? Like, it's not like they went out to eat and then they took a picture. No, it's like, okay, let's go here so we can take a picture of our food. Let's buy this outfit so we can take a picture of it and then return it back. And there's all this performative action going on, even in, even in terms of like when people die, there's all this rest in peace post or like the whole Black Lives Matter post. There's a lot of performative action going on to a point that if you are not careful, if you do not self-reflect, like Teresa was saying, if you do not hit the brakes and say, hold up, like, is this who I am? You will literally lose yourself. You will not know who you are anymore. You will know what you like to wear, you will know your own fashion sense, you will know who your real friends are, you won't even know how to express your emotions because you're so used to doing everything for your followers on social media. So there's a lot of performative action and we really need to make sure that we're not like getting soaked in 
to like you have to pause and ask yourself is this me and I, I think I was telling you girls earlier before we recorded or maybe it was even doing it where we started recording it's like I turned 25 a couple months ago or was it last month? It was even last month. <laughs> See how time has just, I don't know. I have no concept of time anymore. But I, I, I turned 25 in June. And even right before, because I feel like you enter an age before your official date of the age. Mm-hmm. Before then, I was just kind of like tired of feeling like I'm censoring myself. Tired of feeling like I am, I am muting myself so that nobody around me is uncomfortable or so that I'm not stepping on any toes or so that nobody like I'm losing yourself man like I'm so oh I don't want anybody to be jealous I don't want them to feel I don't I don't want I don't want I don't want and it's like to a point that I was no longer living my life for me and I was definitely not living the life that God wanted me to live Mm -hmm. so I had to pump the brakes and really take a step back and be like what in the world is because these people don't pay my bills like Mm -hmm. what in what in the world is it and even if they do pay your bills -uh, like Mm -hmm. what in the world is this so I really had to, to pause and I feel like now I'm in a mindset of like listen who what you see is what you get like I'm no longer I won't say like I'm no longer gonna apologize for being who I am because I feel like those people are toxic people (laughs) I feel like those people you know those unapologetically me I feel like (laughs) those people are usually they usually tow the line of annoyance but I just feel like I'm no longer going to um I'm just no longer gonna mute myself or, or dim my light or or reduce myself for for the sake of someone else's comfort. And in doing that, I have really, really, really reduced interactions with people that I've always felt the need to, you know, when it's, uh, oh, how are you? I'm good. How's work? It's good. But you're never really able to to say (laughs) the good things that God is doing in your life because you don't want them to come and feel a certain way. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Obviously still be wise in everything that you're doing, but I just feel like I don't even want that kind of energy in my life. Like Mm -hmm. I want to be able to confine in my friends. Um, I need advice. I need wise people around me. I need creative, hardworking people around me. Literally like to you, like you were saying, like I need people that are also have their own thing going so that it's not a competition between the two of us it's like the both of us are elevating each other and we're sharing ideas like you literally i I was even thinking about it even i think it was today or yesterday i think you messaged me i think it was yesterday right yeah it was yesterday Mm -hmm. where you were like oh you're doing this thing and I just started offloading all the information I knew about the thing. Cause exactly, I was like, Oh, I'm right. going to help you succeed. Like I'm going to help you succeed. Like, yeah. and I just feel like I need people around me with that kind of energy. Like if I say, mm-hmm. Hey, this is the thing that I, and I, and I thank God I, I, at this point in my life, I do feel like I have that. And yeah. that is so important to me. I'm not compromising that for anything or anybody. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. whatever, Mm. It may look like in terms of loyalty or whatever. Just understand, I'm trying not to lose myself. You know what I mean? Like, I'm trying not to... Like, it's so Uh hard to find yourself when you lose yourself. It is so hard. Exactly. So if I found myself and I'm telling you, like, this is me, anything that I'm doing forward, yeah? Like, Mm -hmm. you can tell me, oh, Kosi, I didn't like this thing that you did. And I promise you, I will apologize. But if if it's core, like, I'm doing this for me, Trust me, I'm trying to protect myself. I'm trying to protect my foundation. I'm trying to protect my yeah. love. Like, I'm trying to protect yeah. myself. Mm-hmm. I love that because like, even like, if you look at like for believers, the thing that the enemy attacks the most is identity. 
he attacks yourself and your identity the most and literally it's the point the the true point of freedom i believe for a, a believer is the point when they understand their sense of self like you can get saved you understand jesus christ but you will still be living in bondage until you understand your identity in jesus christ mm-hmm. and that is the thing that the enemy attacks the most your sense of self so once you have found and discovered your sense of self and your identity in Christ, you should not let anybody take you back to that place of not knowing it. You need to literally fight day by day to preserve that self. You need to fight day by day to preserve the energy and uh, your, to preserve your identity because you need to understand because that is the thing that the enemy will use to bring you off track. Everything, every issue, I believe, every issue we have in life stems from losing your sense of self like no matter how far it is every single issue stems back to self-worth and identity that is why it's a big topic because everything stems from losing it at the point where you lose who you are you lose your identity you lose your self-worth that's when everything else starts to decline your mental health will start to decline you'll lose your passion your motivation for what you're supposed to be doing and what god has called you to do but when you know who you know who you are the hammers of life will not phase you because even when things don't work out, even when things don't play out as you plan, it doesn't change who you are. At the point yeah. where you begin to, to lose who you are, when situations happen in life, you attach the negative circumstances and the opinions of others to who you are. And when you don't know who you are, you allow others to ascribe who you are. Mm-hmm. And when you don't know who you are, you allow others to ascribe how far you will go. And that is when all your problems begin. So you literally need to wake up every day and fight to preserve who you are, fight to preserve your identity and fight to preserve your sense of self. So at the point where you need to lose that once again, to be loyal, there is something wrong. Mm-hmm. No, that's facts. And just listening to you guys, I'm just thinking about how we just need to like unlearn so many things and basically unsubscribe to so much because we do things just because we're told like that's how things are supposed to be but we don't really take time to like understand like what's right what's wrong and to be honest like sometimes when I talk to you guys I feel like the age gap because there's some stuff that you guys like know already that I'm not there yet right but just to say I I was a mess of a younger girl like my self-esteem was a mess everything about me was a mess but now I'm getting to a place where I'm literally understanding who I am and there's a lot of things that don't faze me like you have to like like, it literally like T was saying like you have to like be able to understand like who you are like that's why I'm saying like I'm never gonna do anything that's gonna like harm me or not gonna be good for me just because society or African families told me like that's how it's supposed to be no I'm sorry I will not shrink for you to shine more. I'm not going to dim my light to let you shine. Like we're not going to do all of that. And these are things that we have to be able to unlearn and be willing to unlearn and open your eyes, friends, open your eyes. Mm-hmm. I'm getting angry for yes. the first time on this podcast, but open your eyes. <laughs> yes. Esther, tell them, no, don't stop. Keep going. Come out, come out, come out, come out. <laughs> no, but like that, I think nothing frustrates me more than that. Like when you finally open your eyes and you realize how like you've literally been playing yourself and sleeping on yourself at the expense of what like for others or for what people are going to say about you and it's just it's such a prison that you live in and you grow up in it and you you're 25 you're 30 and you have 40 year old women being petty and crying over things that they should have let a long time ago like is that what you want to be like stop. I, love, I love that you brought that up i love that you brought that up i have a question stop. for you guys so 
talking about loyalty and unlearning, I want to merge the two topics because I feel like part of being a millennial in this generation, if you want to be successful, you need to break up with or be disloyal to culture. And the fact that we're all African works well because African culture has this whole stronghold connotation. Stronghold. <laughs> I love that word. This whole stronghold of blind loyalty. So part of identifying who you are in Christ in every aspect, especially as Christian women, has to come at the, expect, at the expense of being disloyal to culture. So what does that look like for you guys and how have you navigated it? Because I know a lot of people are suffering right now and struggling right now because they are caught between the dichotomy, oh, that word, the dichotomy of loyalty to culture and disloyalty to culture. So I, use I feel like there's... <laughs> I feel like there's a cultural shift going on right now. And that cultural shift requires you to put aside the things of past. Behold, I am doing a new thing. You have to see this. <laughs> so what does it look like for you guys? I used the word dichotomy in my caption. I was thinking about you. <laughs> I said, oh, this is T's word. T taught me this word. Um, oh, it looks like the fight of your life. Oh, I tell you. Um, I mean, I think at this point, I, I, I'm like normal. I'm like comfortable with being the one that breaks the rules. Not, I'm not a. Let me, let me rephrase that because I'm not a rebellious person. I'm not like I, I, I didn't give my parents any trouble. I wasn't sneaking out at night. I didn't drink until I was 19. Like I've never smoked in my life. Like I, I really wasn't a troublesome babe, but. Even the way, the way my mother raised me was extremely liberal in the sense that like, even for her, like, um, I remember when I was at a church and I was so, so, so dedicated to the church, even when it was, even when it was hurting me, like, I was like homeless, like sleeping on my friend's couch, not going to school, not doing anything because every day church, 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 church. And my mother would be like, but sis, you can come back home. Like, and I was like, no, mama. And she had to, and, and it took a lot for me to stand up to my mom like that. It took a lot, but I was so, you have to have this determination that you will die. I don't know how to describe it. You have to just have the determination that like, oh, okay, it's either I go this way or like, I will just be a loser and a failure for the rest of my life, which is not necessarily mm -hmm. true. Right. But I, I remember mm -hmm. in that moment, just feeling like now, nah, if I move back home to my mom, like I, I, I'm just I'm, like, I, I'm not going to be Christian anymore. Like there's no church. Like I, I just felt like I don't have a choice, you know, like I just felt like this is the choice I was making. And I stood up to her, which is very, very challenging. Um, but even, thank God because my mom is Christian. Like God literally told her to leave me alone. Like God literally told her, like, if you try and fight her on this, you will lose her because God knew that I was determined mm -hmm. at any cost to even, even the cost of the relationship with my own mother to go the route that I was going to go. Does that make sense? Like it's, it's yeah. to the point that you, you have to determine in your heart and in your mind that this is what I want at all costs and anything mm -hmm. that is worth it, will find its way and its place inside of this choice, inside of this path that I've chosen. Um, mm. And it's happened again. I mean, gosh, I'm, I'm, I literally, I'm so comfortable with constantly 
um, you know, like pushing boundaries and, and, and questioning, like I'm like the black sheep of anything. Like even, even the way my husband and I got married, not recommended, would not, would not recommend, <laughs> but we were just like so tired. I think of being like, Oh, we want 500 people at the wedding. Okay. No, we want 150. Oh, but I want 20 of my friends to come. Okay. We want this. And oh, the bridesmaids are arguing. And, the, and I said, yeah, we got married. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? And that, that, that was awful. Like that really, that really, really hurt a lot of people. However, just to let you know how comfortable, like we were just like, okay, we, we know that this is not going to bode well with a lot of people. <laughs> like between, there's a lot of people that are not going to be happy that they weren't invited. There's a lot of people that were not going to be happy that they didn't know. There's a lot of people that they, like, you know what I mean? Like it was literally friends and family and that was it. And even then, you know what I mean? So, but it's, it's to a point where it was like, once again, if I decide to keep on being tossed up and down by you, I'm going to be in debt. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be, I'm going to have a day that I probably don't enjoy because it's not my dream. It's not what I want. I am going to be unhappy and tense and, you know, all the argument, like we were arguing so much leading up until, you know, when we got married and it's like, bro, like for what, for one day, for a party, it's really a party. It's Mm -hmm. a party, you know, it's a, it's a, it's an oversized party. So all of these things. And even again, like even right now in this season of our lives, like we've just like, we have certain goals that we're like, we don't care. Like, like we are on the world's, <laughs> well, I would say the world's strictest budget, but the budget you guys is insane. Like it's to a point where, and I thank God in a way for the fact that we're in quarantine, because if we were not and you know, it was all, oh, Kosi, can you come to brunch? Or can you, I, I can, I will drink water or I cannot because I don't have the, I, I don't have the money. And it's not because I don't have the money is because we have decided that no matter the cost, this is what we want to do with our finances. Mm-hmm. And like I said in the beginning, if you are something that matters, you will understand that me hanging out with you or me spending money with you is not a basis or a foundation or for our relationship. So you will understand that like, okay, Kosi may not want to eat out, but you can always come over. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? We can always like the three of us did a picnic. <laughs> you can, we can always yeah. do, we can always do picnic. We can always play games. Mm-hmm. Like, so it's what, it's what I'm saying is that like, you have to determine that. And, and literally we've determined like not, if we spend our money stupidly, we're going to be upset in five years, in 25 years, in 50 years when we want to retire, like we're going to be upset that, we let other people dictate how we live our lives. So if you feel like if it means we're not hanging out with people and God forbid, maybe that means the relationship has to suffer or whatever the case, mm, but it's a, we're dying to whatever pleasure that we could derive. We're like, we're, we're delaying gratification by a lot. So you have to yeah. determine like, I am willing to die for this cause. That's yeah. how, that's what, you have to do it. And you have to just take yeah. whatever consequences and, 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 and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I th- for me, I mean, growing up, I was, funny enough, I was kind of the rebellious child. Like, I never really, like, did what my, well, I obeyed my parents, but there's certain things that I didn't really, like, understand or that I wouldn't really, like, agree with. And I would always be vocal about it. And my parents would be like, oh, you know, that's just because you guys grew up with white people, whatever, whatever. Anyway, um, 
one thing that always upset me, African men hate me because they will call you a feminist like it's a mental. And I never knew why, like, the whole, like, dynamics between, like, men and women when it came to, like, church or when it came to, like, even our families or stuff like that. It bothered me so much until, like, recently where I learned, well, I kind of, like, understood that I come from a family that's very male-dominated. Like, there's a lot of men in my family. And the way, like, girls are treated or what is expected from girls is just not fair. And I just recently even had, like, that conversation with my mom when I was, like, there's a lot of things that I wasn't agreeing with, but they didn't even see it that way. And I feel like, for me, like, as the youngest and as, like, the girl of the family, like, it weighed on me, like, for so long, like, in terms of, like, the expectations that people had of me, how I was supposed to act, how I was supposed to be. Like, a lot of who I am today comes from that, you know? It comes from the fact that I have my own personality. Like, God created me a certain way, but there's certain things that were expected of me. Like, it's hard for me. Let me tell you that when I walk in the room, my goal is, like, for people not to notice me. Like, I want to be able to, like, walk into a place and nobody, like, I don't even, like, want my steps to make noise so that you don't even look at me. Like, because... You know, I thought that was like discretion. I thought like I had to silence myself. I had to do all of these things. So it was really hard for me for a long time mm-hmm. to speak up. It was really hard for me for a long time to do all of this. And I'm just now on learning these things. Like I don't have to be a certain way to like fit into like what a woman is. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's just like about like unlearning these things and like speaking up and just respectfully just living my life. Like, yeah, I'm the last girl. I'm a daughter. I have my head on my shoulders, but there's a lot of things that I don't have to do if I don't want to do it. Like, it, I'm not mm-hmm. responsible. I'm not, like, the second mother. I don't have children yet, you know? Like, just things like that. And, mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. just unlearning these things. I feel like, in, in essence, what we're all saying is, like, it comes down to finding yourself and choosing yourself. Yeah. And finding yourself and choosing yourself often comes at the expense of loyalty, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. Because ultimately you need to be loyal to yourself and to God first before anybody else. And that does not mean stop loving people. And that does not mean stop serving people, but not at the expense of yourself. So, yeah. 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 I'll just add that. Like, I really like what Esther just said about her personal experience. I'll even add a personal experience because I feel like that's what helps people and everyone has shared one. So like, even with me, like being a woman in ministry is such a huge thing, especially at my age, being a woman in ministry at my age is like huge. And even there's been so much because already there's not a lot of women in ministry already. So so many people try to ascribe to you who and how you should be like from the people that are like oh you're called to ministry you're automatically going to marry a pastor Mm -hmm. so you need to act like a pastor's wife and if you know me my personality who I am is really different from everything that a pastor's wife is I mean like yeah maybe there's some similarities but like I'm not really the type of person that is like super quiet sit and smile cross your leg I'm not that person I'm the person that is outspoken I'm gonna tell you tell you how it is I'm gonna say it like one thing about me is if nobody's gonna say it I'm gonna say it like everybody may be thinking it but I'm gonna be the one that says it and like Esther said there's this whole culture of 
to be a, a, a lady pastor or a pastor's wife, you need to be like discreet and you need to be quiet and you can't do this and you can't do that and you need to minimize yourself and it's all about your husband. And I reject that from the bottom of my heart. Like, I don't believe that that is true. And that's a podcast for another day because y'all don't understand marriage, but it's okay. It was taught to you that way. So we forgive you. We forgive you. But, but, but like, I reject those things and for so long and I wouldn't even say for so long I'll say for the whole of my ministry career up until this point literally like last month when I started making decisions for myself to choose myself the whole of my ministry career thus far career thus far has been based on what others have told me I was supposed to be and I lost myself completely after years and years of just trying to fit into the boxes that people created being loyal to the culture of what a lady pastor or what a pastor's wife should look like but that is not true and it became a point where I could not even function which goes back to what we were talking about earlier I could not even give the gift that is myself of who God created me to be because of that and if you follow me in my ministry, the key point of it is the transparency, the authenticity, the fact that I'm so like real, for lack of a better word, that is what draws everybody to my ministry. And I was literally losing that to fit into the, the box and the culture of what I'm told I'm supposed to be as opposed, because of a title or position. So just going back to what everyone has said, like, never 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 lose yourself preserve yourself and if preserving yourself comes at the expense of loyalty or relationships that is a good indication that it's not in a relationship a place a position that you're supposed to be in because i can sure more than ever bet it's a bold and blanket statement but i'm telling you that when god brings you to a place for a reason for a season for a lesson he brings you there for you to learn from other people and for you to give what you have. And if you cannot give what you have, if you aren't even being who you are. So, yeah. I have a question. So let's say, because I think we also have to understand that as powerless as the devil is in reality, like in, you know, comparison to, I don't know, Jesus, um, he is pretty cunning. Um, so when, when, when you start to, walk towards quote-unquote death of self when you start to oh I said death of self like it was a good thing no I don't mean Mm -hmm. I don't mean in the Christian way I mean like when you start walking the path of losing yourself you don't realize oh I've started losing myself because so let's say you are a fresh believer um at a church and you have just discovered like oh okay god actually wants me to preach the word in this specific way and then you start mm-hmm. getting like ut like you start getting oh okay pastor's wife okay then yeah. you know you have to marry pastor in yeah. in retrospect like in that moment of your life right when mm-hmm. you're in it you it does not seem like this is bad advice at all it doesn't seem right. like i'm going to lose myself it doesn't seem like it, it genuinely seems like these people are trying to help me out. Like they know, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So how do you, at what point do you start to realize? Because oftentimes what happens is you then enter into this path and then you're surrounded, you're immersed in this world and this bubble. And it's 
Mm-hmm. Almost, it's like it's kind of like too late by the time you've lost yeah. yourself you kind of already yeah. have lost yourself before you realize oh I've lost myself <laughs> you know like and yeah. even then it's like you almost have to come out you know what I mean um so yeah. in in terms of that how do you I guess try to avoid that because I mm-hmm. I know that there's so much there's so much culture going on around. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I see so many people, even how they preach, you can tell that, oh, you were taught how to preach this way. Preach because like this, yeah. you know what I mean? Like you were taught how to, you were taught how to do this because mm-hmm. it's not like, it's literally, it's authentic. not in the Bible. <laughs> it's not authentic. Oh, yeah. It's not in the Bible. It's not like, I had to realize I don't like to yell. Like, mm, I don't, I, I, I don't like to yell during prayer. Like I, I, my best prayer is when I'm talking to God like this. Like I literally talk mm-hmm. to God like this. Um, mm-hmm. And there's times when your prayers, the same way as your conversations can get heated and can get passionate, but I'm not yeah. someone who off the bat can just be like, like that's faking it. I'll tell you straight up. If I'm doing, if you see me, Kosi doing that, Kosi faking it. Kosi is faking the tongues. I'm telling you today. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I pray talking, but I was taught to pray in tongues, like oh tongues, tongues, mm-hmm. tongues, 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 and then you re- like there's just so many cultural things. You know what I mean? You even realize mm-hmm. first of all, tongues is a gift. It's not for everybody, but mm, that's a whole conversation because mm. yeah. So it's all these things that you can just tell that this is a cultural thing. Like this has been passed on to you, and you believe it's true, but it's neither you nor even dare I say what you want to do. Mm-hmm. Not what, dare I say, God has asked you to do, and you're just kind of doing it because it's the culture. It's what you're, you're loyal to you're surrounded culture. By. You're loyal to it. It's what your mother did, your father yeah. did, your uncles, your aunties, all that stuff. So, yeah. how, so if ever you come from a lineage, like you do, you come from a lineage of pastors and pastor's wives, and you're a grandchild of an owner of a big church. So there's mm-hmm. a lot of pastor's wives around you. And yeah. how you want to be the loud mouth one that says, oh, yeah. it's like, so how do you know, okay, am I being rebellious or I'm mm-hmm. leading me up down a path where I'm going to lose myself? Right. Um, well, just from my personal experience, like, like you said, like I, um, when you're in it, you don't really know, but you, you kind of do too. Like you, you hear advice from people and you hear all these things in your, and, and, and I think sometimes we so badly want something that we 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 again choose others over ourselves because you kind of do know because you know it's like you've been told all the all this time like when we get into like prophecies and things like that podcast for another day but you're going you're told by prophets and all these people that oh you're called to ministry you're supposed to do this and and you really have the desire for ministry so it's like okay I need to do everything I need to do to make sure that this comes to pass. And that's also culture that if you miss a step, your whole destiny is over. Okay. (laughs) Culture, but all these things that you're taught and told. So you so badly want to, to, to be, do everything right. That you just blindly follow. That's where the blind loyalty comes. And though people may tell you things, the spirit of God is very real. The peace of God is very real. So, in within yourself, and I was telling someone the other day that I don't think a belie- as a believer, personal peace can exist unless you're aligned with the will of God, because you 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 just don't have that luxury of being able to be at peace with things, because somewhere in the back of your mind, you will have a little bit of conviction. There will be a little bit of something that's just not letting you enjoy it to the fullest. Like even if you decide 
that, hey, I'm stopping church and I want to go to the world and I want to sin, there will be sometimes mid-bottle, mid-sex stroke, mid-whatever you're doing that you will be like, oh, Jesus, where to come now? You just will never have, you never will just never have the ultimate peace because Mm -hmm. you're too enlightened. You've gone too far. You know, Jesus, sorry. So that personal peace will just never fully be there. And in my own experience, I can tell you that that is what was my story. Like people would tell me things. Sometimes I'd be like, "Eh," but I would just blindly follow because I got blind loyalty. This is what I've seen so many people do before me. This is what all these people have said. Who am I to not stand up? But even still, I don't have that ultimate peace in my heart. But now that I've decided to choose myself and go for my peace or nothing, I realize that it's actually better for me. Like in this month where I've decided that I'm choosing myself, preserving myself, and I'm not letting anything come between preserving myself. I've seen my ministry grow more in one month than I've seen it grow in four years. Listening to other people or blindly following, being blindly loyal. In one month, I've seen it grow more. I've seen God move more in one month than he did in four years. That's crazy to me because- All it is, is preserving yourself and being loyal to God. So in so much as you don't know, because you're hearing from all these people and you kind of do know, and you need to actually know God for yourself and know yourself so that you're not swayed. Because even in that, I realized, and this is all in the therapy and the self-reflection that like a part of me didn't actually, I knew I was called to ministry, but I feel like I didn't know I was called to ministry. I felt like my call to ministry was contingent on another person. And so I would be loyal to that person to get to the path or the end result. But it's like, with or without you, I'm still called to ministry. So I don't need to be blindly loyal to you to get to the destination. The destination is already set out for me. It was set out for me before I met you, before I knew you. That was the destination. God gave me that destination. So I need to be loyal to God to get to the destination. You may be part of the road to getting me there, but you will not bring me there. So it comes back to, again, knowing yourself and truly believing and knowing your identity. Your identity is not in the person. Your identity is not in the place. Your identity is not in the people. Your identity is in Christ. So, yeah. Okay. Sorry, Esther, do you have something to say? No, go ahead. Okay, so follow-up question. I, I consider myself these days a practical Christian. I, I, like, I like logic, explain it, break it down. We love to say wow. your identity is in Christ, your identity is in Christ, your identity is in Christ, your identity is in Christ. Okay, like, okay, so reason it, okay? I'm a young woman. I come to church They've anointed me. Oh, you're called to be this. You're called to be that. Oh, okay. So I'm a pastor's wife. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which <laughs> people, I don't. Anyway, hey. Um, a pastor's wife is that. not a calling. Thank you. Okay, I was going to say, I was going to say, but you know, I didn't want to say, but you said it. She said it. She said it. Not, I didn't want to say it, but mm, mm, okay. Yeah. Uh, I have been called to ministry. I well, Cool, whatever. Um, so now I feel like, okay, I have to put myself together. I have to be, oh, I have to put myself That shows together. me, see, 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 see that, that right there shows me you don't know where your identity is because yes yeah so that's the you question were called to ministry because think about it think about the, no think about the scenario that you played out and and it's crazy how we don't deep it you're a young believer you just came to christ you just came to church and you find out that you're called to ministry you're called to this which means that 
how you are right now is the basis of what is the really the basis of your calling Uh, deep ah you were called to ministry you're a young believer you just came to church and you just found out i'm called to do this so my current self is the basis of my calling i didn't have to do anything and that comes back to the real message of salvation because a lot of people preach work salvation and that's where this misalignment and this misidentity comes from the the true gospel of salvation is i don't need to do anything but I was bought at a price for my current self, which is what love is like true love. I choose you how you are, not how you will be, how you are. So how I am was the basis of my calling. So everything after this is extra. So why do we feel like we need to change how we are for the calling when we were called as we are? Mm-hmm. That because, is where the identity gets messed up. Yes, because you hear all the time, and honestly, I I am in a false great, teaching. Oh, oh, false teaching, hundred percent, hundred percent. It 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 leads all back to that, hundred and twenty thousand percent. I am of the school of thought that that um, I'm sorry if you can't show it to me in the Bible. I don't. I probably don't believe you. you know, like I'm not even joking. Like I'm not even joking. Like I don't. I don't even do. Maybe Jesus was in fearing. No, if you can't show it to me in the Bible, but we hear this all the time, Teresa. We hear God loved you so much that He saved you as you are, but too much Mm -hmm. to leave you. Something like that. Like God loves you too much that He accepts you as you are, but He He loves you too much to leave you the way you are. So there's this idea that like, okay, I have to change. Uh, Like I have to change. And so, but, so if you don't, pause. So if you don't, if you don't know yourself, which we cannot, like a lot mm-hmm. of people don't know themselves. You don't know yourself. You come into yeah. a new culture, a new place, a new mm-hmm. set of people, a new, a new religion, a new faith. And people are telling you that, okay, yeah, God loves you, but like you have to change. Okay. So then you're going to change into whatever they, they know it. They are, they are, you're yeah. going to change into whatever they tell you. Yeah. Come and mm-hmm. find out five years later. Oh, look this is not That's i have not lost true. myself it's not true so yeah. then you have, it's a whole lot of like as you've been saying this entire time it's a whole lot of unlearning and relearning it's a very painful journey mm-hmm. so to avoid any young ladies who are listening or young men who are listening to this podcast right now who are feeling like okay i'm about to start a pivotal journey a pivotal part of my life journey you know like we have different stages and phases right like i'm in a place where i'm at a crossroads i'm about to make a a, a life changing decision you know like either i'm following jesus or i'm answering the call or i'm doing whatever whatever it is but i want to make sure that i don't lose myself in the process i don't go to i don't i don't i don't flow with blind loyalty and lose myself in the process but at the same time I haven't really discovered who I am yet. I have not yet gone mm-hmm. through certain life experiences. I have not yet gone through certain things that have cemented me in who I am. So I also understand, maybe even because of age or whatever reason, that I am impressionable, that I am vulnerable right now. Like anything anybody yeah. can tell me in the name of Jesus, I can likely believe. Mm-hmm. So how do I discern for myself with the reality that I'm new to the faith, I'm mm-hmm. new to myself, I am new, I'm young, I'm impressionable. How do I make sure that I don't lose myself? Because I see so many young women on Instagram and on Twitter and Snapchat, whatever, that, are, that have taken on an identity that is literally like 
I'm not literally there. watching them and I'm like, this is not actively you. not you. Not like, you. <laughs> like, I don't even know you and I know that this is not you. It's like, not it's you. insane. Yeah. You can literally see that they're mm-hmm. trying so hard to belong to something and they're mm-hmm. working against them their natural nature because they've been told this is the path you're supposed to take and so they feel like mm-hmm. i'm supposed to look this way i'm supposed to talk this way i'm supposed to 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 act this way i'm supposed to have this this and, and mm-hmm. that's why this whole you gotta have a business by the time you gotta have a no you don't you don't <laughs> yeah. no you don't yeah. no your favorite don't. there's there's oh annoy me no you you don't have to do anything because we're all in different levels and phases like you yeah. like you're, you're just not there. You're young, mm-hmm. especially young people. Yeah. Like, be young. Yeah. Stop looking at 50-something-year-olds that are successful and be like, oh, I, I got to have a this by the time I come out of Corona. Yeah. Do you have the money? You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. how do we stop this? Stop it. Stop it before, like, mm-hmm. nip it in the bud and say, listen. But also, remember all the things that I said that are working against you. You're young, you're impressionable, you're vulnerable, you're new. How? Yeah. I think when it comes to discovering yourself, and the thing is, nobody's going to like this, but someone told me the other day that she was listening to my podcast in the car with her mom, and her mom told her she can't listen to me anymore because I say outrageous things. I like that. Thank God. Um, <laughs> the thing is, discovering yourself, and correct me if I'm wrong, but the moments that I've discovered myself the most, this is me personally, have been through relationship, and not just romantic, platonic friends falling out relationship romantic relationships falling out and i know the church is so against relationship and the only have friends in church and this but the, the point how you discover yourself is by things going wrong and you discovering what you don't like you don't really know what you like or what you need until you are face to face with what you don't need or what you don't like like for example i didn't know i never had i never really knew you guys know my marriage journey i never really knew what i needed or wanted in a partner until i was face to face with what i did not want (laughs) once i saw in my eye and my eye shine that i don't want this that was when i was able to know that oh okay so this is what i do want or this is what i do need so for someone that is a young person i think and you're impressionable, and you're new to the faith, I think the best thing you can do for yourself is find someone you admire, someone that you're similar to, one, that has already walked the path that you're now about to walk. I so believe in mentorship. I I believe in it like no other. And I was saying on Twitter the other day that I have been praying for a ministry mentor for three years. Mm -hmm. For three years. From the point where I actually, because even when before, when I told I was told I was called to ministry, Kosi, you were there. I still have my doubts to go sit on the shelf, blah, blah, blah. I was like, oh, am I? I don't know. Should I do this? That? But from the point where I really figured out, like, no, damn all of y'all, this thing I'm called to, mm-hmm. I have been praying for a ministry mentor. And sometimes it's supposed to be the first lady, but, but like, that doesn't always work out. And so I've been praying for three years for a ministry mentor. And that was when I realized what a void there were in women in ministry. Because I could not find someone that I actually admired that I wanted to be like. Isn't that sad, guys? Like, isn't that sad that I'm, I'm, I could not find around me for three years someone that I actually liked, that I wanted to be like? And now that I'm in Toronto, I got one. I know who I'm going for, but like, I could not find anyone for three years that I actively looked at their life and I said, okay, this person has walked where I want, I want to go and this is someone that I want to be like. 
I could not find that. So one, it showed me that there was a void in ministry women. But two, that was where I was young, impressionable, and left to navigate by myself. Mm-hmm. But if I had someone who was a big sister, a mentor, someone that I could confide in, someone that I could bounce idea, someone, every, even Esther had a Mordecai. Like every, so everyone needs someone that has walked the path, that can position them, that can call them back, that can see further than it is. As Isaac Newton says, I, see, I can see further than it is because I stand on the shoulders of giants. So everyone needs some giants to stand on. So that you can see further giants that could call you and say, Hey, like, this is not who you are. This Mm -hmm. is not what you used to be. This is not even this therapy that I'm doing. Why it's so helpful is because I'm talking to one, a black woman, a Christian black woman who understands Mm -hmm. culture, who understands culture one just by being black and culture two by 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 christian because if you're a christian and you're black christian you are in two pandemics because <laughs> you're caught by the culture of, of of religious culture and caught by by racial culture so she understands all of this she's walked these paths already before it ended her up in divorce so now what is she doing she's mentoring me for lack of a better word so that I don't end up in the same position as her. She's helping me pump the brakes and catch things earlier and identify what I need and what I don't need earlier so I don't have to walk the same path. So all I can say for young, impressionable people and for anybody at any age in every area of life, I believe in every area of life you need a mentor because there's always someone that knows more than you. So it's important that you don't navigate life alone, especially in this Christian walk. You have someone that has already walked the path that you're aiming to walk and you submit to them with vulnerability, with transparency, with honesty so that they can help you. They, if you're showing yourself to a person, they can tell you when you're not being yourself. And when you're in something, you can't really see it, but yeah. somebody else on the outside can. So if, like, I know you, Coast, I know you, Esther. If I come in, I see you guys and something's off. I can say, hey, is everything going on? Is everything, is everything all right? Is everything, is everything good? Are you in a fight with Chris? Are you okay, Esther? Are you lonely over there? And where, in no man's land where you live? Like, you know, you, I was about to say where this girl lives. But like, you could, you, you, somebody else can see what you cannot see. So yeah. my would be mentorship. Mentorship. And not manipulative, manipulative mentorship, because that's rampant. That's now. a whole bunch mentorship. That's another podcast. Maybe the next one. We'll see. We'll let the spirit lead. Not manipulative mentorship, but mentorship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. I mean, I, I definitely agree with everything you said. I think I'm just going to add my little Esther sugar at the end. I feel like, you know, <laughs> if something is not lost, you can't find it. And I don't know about you, but I'm an expert at like self-condemnation like especially now like Kosi you know that girl you were describing like that was me right Mm -hmm. so especially now that I look back and I learned some stuff that I didn't know then Mm -hmm. I am so mad at myself for not knowing the things that I know now right Mm -hmm. and I put myself on timeout like it's just really bad so all I'm gonna say to that is that it's also like part of life. Like you can be lost, but you're going to find yourself. Like all the things that we go through, the experiences, the, oh, I didn't know who I was, but now I know who I was. Or I didn't like, I didn't, 
I wasn't in the best relationship, but now I, I know what I want. So I'm not going to repeat these things. Like don't stay in these situations. But like we've been saying all this mm-hmm. time, like you have to, you learn some stuff, some stuff you were born being taught, but at some point, like you just have to be able to be okay with the unlearning process. Right. So it's just that, like, just, I really want to put the emphasis on the fact that like, if you're gonna find yourself like something needs to be lost you don't look for what's not lost mm-hmm. right so like just mm-hmm. be okay with your process so that's mm-hmm. all i'm gonna add yeah i think for me what i will say is um honestly i think as a as especially young people we need to learn a little bit better how to embrace pain um i think we you know we 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 work so hard not to have any pain in our lives and we see pain as this extremely negative thing and and sometimes it can be i'm not saying just leave yourself in abusive situations but i'm saying that growth is is more often painful than it isn't <laughs> it's 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 more often um challenges after challenges after challenges after challenges um and esther even the fact that you can say you can look back and like cringe or be annoyed at that girl that or that literally means you've grown because you can see the difference between that girl then and and who you are now mm-hmm. you know but even looking even looking back is a little bit painful like i think back at the mistakes that i've made and it's it's it hurts but it's i'm okay because it shows that i've grown you know what i mean like we just need to learn how to embrace pain a little bit sometimes Choosing yourself, choosing what God has destined for you over the loyalty and the approval and the praise of man is painful. Um, Sometimes going through um, certain journeys where you have to, like, I'm... I want to spend my money. <laughs> I want to live, live my best life and buy this and buy that and all of this stuff. And, and I can't, I have to delay gratification. And in some ways that's painful. Um, you know what I mean? Like I, we're, we're all so busy right now in our lives because we're building things and we're not spending as much time as we used to, you know what I mean? And in, in a way that's painful. So it, it's okay in, in these kind of healthy growth, growing ways, embrace the pain, embrace you know, don't run from it. Don't run from growth. That's what I will say. Because when you, when you are embracing growth, you embrace change, you embrace discomfort, you understand that the applause of man is not going to do anything for you. Like the Bible literally says, like, that is the reward. That as they've clapped for you. Yeah. Uh-huh, that's it. Yep. There's no, that, there's no, you thought you were getting reward in heaven? The fact that they've clapped for you. See that clap? Are you hearing it? Record it on your phone. <laughs> Record that clap on your phone because that is the reward. So when, when, you, when you come to certain truths about things like that, you realize, um, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's just not worth it. And especially what T said, get you mentors. Um, mm-hmm. um, now that I'm married, I, I really, really, really see the importance of surrounding myself with married people. Mm-hmm. Um, and not mm-hmm. just any married people, because some people still don't get it. I don't know. But, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, very, very specific people that I can go through with certain issues. Um, I surround myself with ambitious people. I surround myself with godly people. Wow. I surround myself with, with smart people and with creative mm-hmm. people. Um, I am pushing myself out of way out of my comfort zone um, because of the growth that I know I want to achieve and I need to achieve. And I, and I literally, I'm in a mindset where I feel like 
everything for me right now kind of feels like do or die. Like, I feel like if I don't succeed in my marriage, I'm going to die. Like, I feel like I'm at a, like I'm, I'm at a battlefield in every single thing that I'm doing, but it's giving me the strength that I need to do it excellently. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not just Mm -hmm. treating, there's nothing that I'm treating casually. I'm not treating my marriage casually. I'm not treating my business casually. I'm not treating my education casually, my work casually, my relationships casually, my faith, my salvation. I'm not treating anything casually. I'm being extremely protective and intentional about everything in my life right now. So I'm embracing the pain. I'm looking for mentors and I'm being like battlefield do or die about it. I am my own ride yeah. or die. Yeah. I am ride or die for me. Like, cause either, either you ride or you die. <laughs> like, <laughs> so, I love it. Yeah. So I, this was a fantastic episode. This is, this yeah. is an amazing episode. I love it. it super long, but that's yeah. what y'all need. We've been gone for so long. Take the long. <laughs> yeah. Take it. Take it. And shameless plug, Sassy and Save Mentorship um, cohort two will be opening soon. So I mean, if you need uh-huh. one, why not? Why not? Why not? You bet. Why not? Why not? I mean, Bye. hopefully we'll do an actual post. <laughs> oh. Bye. <laughs> yes, we'll do an actual post. We'll do an but, actual you know, post. just for the early bird, you can message me for the, the little the little early bird. Plug. Message me. DM me. DM me for that. What, what are those people? DM me for prices. So, DM me for DM prices. Me, DM me for your little extra ahead of the game type thing dm me for prices it's hilarious i hate yeah. dm me for prices nah, dm me for prices unprofessional bro <laughs> <laughs> so but if you, if you listen all the way to the end you can actually dm her for the plug you do you you want exactly. to be mentored that's what that means exactly exactly means. exactly all right we said bye like six times now yeah okay. <laughs> bye 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 <laughs> okay bye <laughs>